More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popcheck, And I'm Lisa Popcheck, And you're listening to the best of More to Life. Today on More to Life, unnecessary roughness. Is conflict getting the best of your conversations? We're going to help you communicate effectively. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Everyone says they want to have a great marriage and family and personal life. Well, the theology of the body reveals how you can actually achieve it. More to life. The happiest couples know how to say I do to each other every moment of every day. Surprising. Relevant. Hopeful. Angela, let's not just settle for stopping your son's behavior. Exactly. Let's talk about the kind of young man you want to raise. Practical. Theology of the body-based answers for every part of your life. God's original blueprint didn't include depression and anxiety. Yeah, that's a human invention. God wants to set you free. Let's talk about making that happen. The life you were meant to live through the theology of the body. More to life. Good morning, everyone. You are listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today on More to Life, the show is titled Unnecessary Roughness, as we talk about conflict in all of our relationships. Are you in conflict with someone who's important to you for whatever reason? Maybe there's a particular topic that always ignites a spark between you and that person. Or maybe it's gotten to the point where almost any conversation is difficult to have with that person. Maybe you're tired of how quickly discussions escalate into arguments. Whatever the situation is, let us help you gracefully manage the tension and move things toward mutually agreeable solutions. Mm. Sound good? Sound too good to be true? Well, give us a call and we'll, we'll, we'll work it out together. All right, 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. You know, when I hear, you know, mutually agreeable solutions, there's part of me that goes, ah, that's such a lovely concept that makes me feel good. But unfortunately, I think many, 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 many of us, when we hear mutually agreeable solutions, we think, oh, that means somebody's caving. That means somebody's not getting what they want because we've been taught to die on the hill for things, no matter what hill that is. We've been taught that um, to be a good solution, you have to win somehow. Or we've internalized such a disdain for conflict that when we hear mutually agreeable solutions, we think, I've just got to cave in and lose because I just want some kind of quiet about all this, and then I'll feel okay-ish. I, I once saw something that said that the definition of compromise was a solution where everyone was equally disappointed. Oh, see, that's, that's a good way to sum up what a lot of people really feel. So. And that's not what effective conflict resolution is at all. Um, the reality is... In most cases, I mean, you know, and we deal with some pretty complicated situations in through the Pastoral Solutions Institute's telecounseling practice, and I, and I have to say that that in most cases, everybody can get 
pretty much exactly what they want. Now, they might have to be flexible about the how and the when, but if you can manage to do that, then the what becomes possible. So we want to talk about that today. You know, how can you get to a place where you're actually managing the conflict, taking down the temperature, and moving the conversation toward solutions that actually satisfy? The number is 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. Let's talk about how to deal effectively with all the conflict in your life, especially if there's one person in particular that you're having a hard time getting along with and you're not sure how to break through the barriers that seem to be presenting themselves to effective solutions. 877-573-7825. Every day on More to Life, we take a look at the topic of the day through the lens of St. John Paul's Theology of the Body. And for folks who aren't aware of what that is, St. John Paul gave a series of reflections on basically the provider lens, enabling us to see how the Gospels, uh, all of salvation history, reveals God's plan for living a more abundant life and having healthier, holier relationships. So the theology of the body reminds us that we're created to live in communion with others. But ironically, because we live in a fallen world, building that communion requires us to learn to deal with conflict gracefully. Our natural human tendency is either to try to avoid conflict as much as possible, even when we shouldn't, or to get caught up in it and fan the flames. But neither of these are good options for the Christian. In fact, both are sinful. Avoiding problems that we could do something about is the sin of sloth. Yet escalating conflict needlessly is the sin of wrath. Fortunately, when it comes to dealing with conflict, Christians have a third option, to be peacemakers. I was getting worried there for a second. I'm glad we have another choice. Well, being being a peacemaker means working to restore the right order that God desires in a situation. When conflicts arise, you know, being a peacemaker doesn't mean keeping a lid on things any more than it means unnecessarily escalating the tension. Being a peacemaker means starting disagreements by first, seeking God's wisdom and grace. Secondly, entering conflicts with the intention of working for the good of everyone involved, including ourselves. And thirdly, doing what we can to both encourage all the people involved through the tension and toward godly solutions. Peacemakers don't run from conflict neither do they fan the flames of conflict. Uh, Rather, a peacemaker is someone who knows lots of different ways to actively engage and extinguish the fires so that new life can spring up from the ashes. Again, that all sounds great when we say it, but it's another thing to actually make it work in your life. So if you are in conflict with someone who's important to you, either because a particular topic ignites a spark between you and them, or because they're just prickly people that are hard to get along with, or it's gotten to the point where almost every conversation is difficult. Whatever the situation is, if conflict is complicating your life, let us help you manage the tension, take down the temperature, and move toward mutually agreeable solutions. 877 
877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. Let's take our concerns to the Lord, and then we'll start taking your calls. In the name of the, the Father, Father, the, the Son, Son, and, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, we don't like conflict very much, and yet we have to deal with so much of it in our daily lives and relationships. We want to often just run away from those situations, but Lord, you call us to live in communion and to build stronger connections with all the people in our lives. The most important way we can build your kingdom is to work to heal those relationships with the people that you've placed in our lives. And so, Lord, we bring to you all those conflicts that are separating us in some way from the people that we care about or are important to us in some way. And we ask you to give us the grace to know how to respond to those situations so that we can get our needs met, but be receptive to the other's needs so that we can work for each other's good and find ways to take down the tension and work toward the solutions that you would have us live. Help us to know your will, and help us, Lord, to take care of each other while we work to figure it out through your grace. We ask all of this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and in the name name of the the Father, Father, the the Son, Son, and the the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Pope St. John Paul the Great. Pray for us. Today on More to Life, the show is titled Unnecessary Roughness, like the uh, football penalty. We are taking your calls about conflict in relationships. If there's a conversation that you want to throw the flag on, we want to help you break through those barriers and start to find mutually agreeable solutions. 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Beth, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Kansas. Hi, Beth. Welcome to More to Life. How can we help you out today? Hi. Um, thanks for taking my call. Um, the relationship I thought of in this instance is my um, sister. My sister's seven years older than me, and um, I personally just um, quit my job like at the beginning of the school year, and I started a master's in addiction counseling program. There's a variety of reasons why I've done that, mm-hmm. but... Um, my conversations continually with my sister, um, even before I started this new adventure in my life, have been, she, she seems to be constantly questioning my decisions, and, um, and at any point in time we're talking, it's, it's never like an open-ended question of like, hey, how are you doing? It's kind of like, <laughs> like, what are you doing and why? <laughs> and so, so I hesitate to call her because it feels like what am I going to be quizzed on and how Mm -hmm. am I going to answer that question correctly and it's never it doesn't consistently doesn't seem like I ever can answer the question correctly have you have you you know one of the first things I encourage people to do is to make the implicit explicit and I'm wondering if you've done that with her what I mean by that is is for example have you said something to her like hey you know I, I I know that you know, maybe you're concerned about me and that you really want the best for me, but there's just something about the way you're you're asking these questions that makes me feel a little put on the spot, like you think I'm crazy or stupid or something. I mean, like, you're like this is a quiz instead of you, you checking it. <laughs> yeah. Into, well, yeah, you've done that? Um, and, and so, yeah, um, the language I use is um, I think any time I call you or you call me, <laughs> I feel like <laughs> it, it's, it's like you're always listening for what I'm saying so that you can 
um, challenge me on it as opposed to mm-hmm. like be like, wow, you had a difficult day or wow, you seem like you had a great day in class or like it, it, it's almost like it's. And how does she respond like, to that? Then? Like she was like, I don't know why you think that. And I'm like, I mean, I even I even wrote my sister a letter. I wasn't considering that oh, my sister has dyslexia. And so writing a letter as long as I did was actually a different challenge for her. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that was, that was unfair, but I didn't think of that because I don't carry that cross. But right. I tried in my own way, like to say, yeah. these are the reasons why, like this is how it stresses me out. Or this is what I think when you say that, this is the story I'm telling myself. And so, um, well, all right. So, so you've, you've, you've done that first step. So I guess the second step then would be, um, Right in the moment, okay, because she's not hearing it, right? right? Right in the moment, I would like you to say, you know, hey, look, th- this is a perfect example of what I was talking about. There's just something about the way you said that that's coming across more like an accusation than a question. Well, help me, but I'm, I'm sure you don't mean that. Help me understand what exactly are you trying to ask from me? You know, what is it that you need to know? Right, so, so just in that moment reflect back to her that this is how it's coming across and 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 if, even if she says well i don't understand why you think that like just i i know i know you don't understand it i i'm telling you this is how it's coming across but what are you trying to ask me because i'm not clear right so so don't let her get away with the whole kind of well you're you're beth you're just crazy thing you know it's no no i i mean look i understand that you don't see it but i'm telling you this is how it's coming across so help me understand what are you really trying to ask me here because I'm not sure what to, uh, what to say or how to respond, right? Put it back on her to make her actually think through what her goal is and what she's trying to say. It, it, her initial response to that is going to try to beat a weasel out of it, <laughs> right? Um, but 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 if you just kind of you know hold it up to her and say no, well, you know this is how I'm, I'm telling you this is how it's coming across. I'm not, I'm not you know I'm not really asking if you see it. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you this is what's happening. I'm sure you don't mean that. You got you got to say that. Because you got to give people the benefit of the doubt, even if they don't deserve it. Uh, but, but then, and then finish up with, but help me understand what you actually are trying to ask. Because what it sounds like you're asking is, "Am I out of my mind? <laughs> you know, and what's wrong with me?" You're not really saying that, are you? Right? Just put put her back into that place, okay? And and make her kind of now. If 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 even after doing that, she still kind of persists in it, I I think that that you know then two things one you'd be you'd be um, justified in just sort of limiting your relationship to those places where you can get the support that you need even if that means kind of pulling way back uh, and if she complains about that then you can say look I've tried to bring this up to you I would love to talk to you more often or about more things but just because it's pretty clear that you think that you know I'm you know I'm, I'm kind of crazy for doing what I'm doing or, or you know that you've been kind of challenging rather than supportive I've had to pull back a little bit and, and my attempts to address that haven't been successful um, and then, you know, secondly, you know, you, you're going to want to adjust your expectations accordingly and say, look, she's just not able to give me the support that I need. And, and you know, that, that's just where she's at. And, you know, it doesn't mean anything about me. Uh, it just means that I'm not going to be able to get this from her at this time in my life, which would be sad. So I hope it doesn't end up in that place. But, but, but if, if, if the suggestions for redirecting the conversation don't work, that's basically what it means at that point. That there's something going on in her or in her life that's preventing her from being able to see the good in what you're trying to do. And sometimes when that happens, we, we do need to place some distance there. Now, I hope it doesn't come to that place. I hope that by just connecting those dots so that she can see in the moment how she's coming across, 
that holding up that mirror will help her redirect her own responses. All right, Beth, thank you so much for the call. Um, we do talk more about these kinds of things in my book, God Help Me. These people are driving me nuts, making peace with difficult people. It's a book about boundaries, you know, how to set graceful boundaries that don't cut people off or don't shut people down, but give them healthier ways to interact with us um, so that the, you know, we can insulate ourselves from the offense or from the drama while leaving the door open for a healthier, holier, happier relationship. So if you're interested in more information, you can check out God Help Me, These People Are Driving Me Nuts, Making Peace with Difficult People. It's available at catholiccounselors.com or wherever books are sold. Check it out. Well, with that, we've got to go to break, but when we come back, we are continuing to talk with you about conflict in all of your relationships on our show titled Unnecessary Roughness. Is there somebody in your life who's important to you that you're having conflict with? Maybe it's because there's a particular topic that's just too hot to discuss. Or maybe they're just a prickly person you can't talk about anything with. Whatever the situation is, we want to help you deal with conflict gracefully. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. More to Life will continue with your questions, comments, and insights. Plus, we'll be joined by Jacob Flores Popchak, a pastoral counselor with CatholicCounselors.com, who'll be sharing some additional insights from the Theology of the Body on how we can manage conflict gracefully. Stick around for that and more when More to Life continues after the break. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria Mutual Funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Do you remember writing your Christmas wish list as a child? In developing countries like Haiti and Guatemala, children don't make Christmas lists and they don't expect Christmas gifts. All their parents earn must go to food, shelter, and water. Can you picture the joy of surprising a child with their first Christmas gift? Send them a box of joy at boxofjoy.org. A rosary and the story of Jesus is included in every box of joy. Give today at boxofjoy.org. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak from More to Life. Would you like to have a better family life by Christmas? Join us Monday, December 4th at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 Central, for our free webinar, A More Peaceful Family by Christmas, A Catholic Parent's Guide to Advent. In Advent, we're called to make more room in our hearts and homes for Christ. Discover how the grace of Advent can help you celebrate the loving, faithful family life God wants for you. And it's free. Just register at catholichom webinar. That's catholichom webinar. See you there. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak. And you're listening to the best of More to Life. 
Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. Today our show is titled Unnecessary Roughness as we talk about how conflict complicates our relationships. 877-573-7825 is the number to call with your questions about how to break through the tension and find mutually satisfying solutions with whoever you're in conflict with. 877-573-7825. Joining us right now, Jacob Flores Popchak. He is a pastoral counselor with CatholicCounselors.com. He's also an author and illustrator and the co-host with Father Gabriel Toretta of the Faith and Arts podcast, Created Things. Jacob, welcome to More to Life. Thanks so much for having me. So let's talk about, you know, you had some tips for helping people gracefully manage conflict. Where, where do you tell your clients to start? Well, what's funny to me is that nine times out of ten, when I'm discussing a, a conflict between two people in session, it, it often turns out that both parties thought they were having completely different conversations. And that seems really, really crazy to most people on the ground that I would say that. But truly, nine times out of ten, one person will think they're having an emotional conversation about feelings. You know, I want to get you to empathize with me, while the other person thinks we're having a problem-solving conversation, for instance. Or, you know, one person will think we're, we're having a conversation about the past while the other person thinks that we're mainly talking about what's going on right now. And because both parties are having actually separate conversations in their heads, they miss each other. So what I always recommend in order to decrease the likelihood of tension arising, even from the beginning, is... You probably know if something's going to be a little bit tense. You probably know if something could be a little bit of conflict. If you don't, you certainly recognize the early signs of the tension starting to rise. And so, at, you know, at either point, if you notice the tension rising or if you notice it's a topic that could bring up tension, try to define what your goals of success would be for the conversation. Try to define, in other words, what the journey or what the destination is before you start on the journey. So what would that right? look so, like in practice? So being able to say, for instance, hey, I would feel really loved by this conversation if by the end of it, it felt like you really understood where I was at emotionally. Or, hey, I would feel really successful in this conversation if by the end of it, um, you know, we, we had solved this problem together. You know, we had come up with a, a particular solution to this unique issue, right? That is a really good way of kind of setting those boundaries in advance and letting the other person know that we're on the same page in terms of where we want to go. Because it seems to me that most people start a conversation with a complaint, and then you, you, which which isn't necessarily clear what the problem is or even what solutions are. But if you if we do what we what you're suggesting, you're beginning with the end in mind and saying, "Hey, can we work on this together to get to this point?" Right, exactly. It includes your partner as a partner in the solving of whatever issue it is, and it, it treats them as, you know, as a helper in getting to that goal as opposed to an obstacle in reaching that goal. <laughs> no worries. Great insights. And I want to thank you for being with us today and offering those thoughtful insights on how we could resolve conflict. And folks, if you'd like to learn more about Jacob's work, you can go to catholiccounselors.com. Uh, you can also tune into his podcast, Created Things, which he hosts with Father Gabriel Toretto. Thanks for being with us, Jacob. Thanks for Appreciate having us. God bless. Both on. 
<laughs> I love Catholic radio for that reason. I absolutely right. love it. Well, we are taking your calls today about dealing with conflict effectively. And, you know, as we uh, just have a couple of minutes here before we go to our break, I, I wanted to share some common ways that people escalate conflict. Um, you know, so, for example, you know, the silent treatment or stonewalling. You know, really tough to get over that. When, you know, but it happens when one person genuinely doesn't know what else to say. They just feel like we've had this conversation a thousand times, so I'm not even going to bother trying anymore. Uh, and it's helpful in those situations to invite them. Hey, you know, I'd really like to find some new solutions. Let's let what what would it take to to get you to to really join and try to figure this out with me? Because usually they feel persecuted or shut down, and that's why they. That's why they go silent. Um, another example of es- an argument escalator is piling on. And another thing. Oh. And by the way, and, and, and you always. And yeah, you always. It, we end up, we are so emotionally elevated that we start bringing back everything they've done since they were like a minute old. You know, even when we didn't know them. You know, your mother says you always had this tendency and now you're still doing it. It can really end up just pulling the rug out from under any good solution. Well, that one, what you just said was an example of, of a different one called hitting below the belt. It's you, <laughs> right? Because your mother said, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, well, it's, it's when you bring up certain things or bring them up in a way that you know will hurt mm-hmm. uh, or be painful. And, and you've forgotten sort of the point of the conversation, uh, you know, being solving the problem and start making the point of the conversation hurting each other and then you've got a lot more to clean up than just finding the solution to the problem that's right um you know feigned indifference is another escalating uh, argument escalator that's whatever i don't care you do what you want it's it's fine it's, it's fine whatever but you hear the tone in greg's <laughs> voice while he's saying that it's not honestly hey whatever you want to do i'm fully supportive of that it's that tone where you're it's it's very feigned you, you, you're gonna do what you want anyway so wh- whatever you know <laughs> <laughs> and boy, oh boy, does that lead to problems. Uh, intimidation is another one where you basically, you, you, you think that whoever is loudest, uh, whoever is most dramatic is going to be the person who wins the argument. And so you start turning up the volume on it. Look, there are lots of different ways to escalate arguments, uh, and but, but just as many ways to take down the temperature and move things forward in a more graceful way. So if you are in conflict with someone who is important to you for whatever reason, whether that's a family member, a friend, a spouse, a kid, a coworker or an employer, whoever it is. If there's conflict that is complicating your relationships, we want to hear from you. Whether it's because there's a particular topic that's just too hard to discuss or really any conversation is getting to the point where things are escalating. Let's work out ways to find graceful solutions to those conflicts. The number is 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. When we come back, we'll continue taking your calls about resolving the conflicts in your life and relationships. Let us help you find those graceful solutions, manage the tension, and really work to bring each other together in God's grace. Stick around. The binary choice between life and death is the engine that drives the entire story of human history. It's there in the garden where Adam and Eve made the wrong choice. It's there in the days of Cain and Abel when they have to choose between right and wrong worship. It's there with Joshua in chapter 24 where he says, choose this day whom you will serve. And the binary choice is there with King David when Bathsheba catches his eye. 
It's there in Proverbs 14:12. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. And it's there in Jesus' teaching. Will you build on the rock or will you build on sand? And when we talk about imitating Christ, we mean that we want to be like Jesus, who always makes the right choice, choosing God above created things. He chooses life, and for those who follow him, he promises abundant life, even eternal life. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. Father Benedict Groeschel. I don't think people should have negative fears of God. I think you should get a lump in your throat. You should feel excited. Suppose I was going to take you and introduce you to the Pope or to the president of some country or something. You might get a little lump in your throat. Forget it. Every day, you, I, live and move and have our being in the presence of God. These are the class of feelings we should have, and we should have them to an intense degree if we really had the sight of Almighty God. These feelings are the feelings which we shall have if we realize His presence. And in proportion, as we believe that He is present, we shall have them. And not to have them is not to realize, not to believe that God is present to us. EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak. And you're listening to the best of More to Life. Hi, I'm Lisa Popchak. The key to being effective at handling conflict is keeping a close eye on our own emotional temperature. On a scale of 1 to 10, you never want to allow yourself to get over a 7, especially when you're in disagreement with someone. How do you know when you're getting too hot? One of the first behavioral signs that we are approaching a seven on our emotional temperature scale is that we start to speak and act too quickly for our brain to keep up. We start to trip over our words. We make silly, avoidable mistakes like knocking over a glass that we're reaching for. When our emotional temperature gets too high, we lose track of details, which makes it harder to solve problems and often makes us do and say things that make problems even worse. To lower your stress temperature, one deceptively simple technique is to deliberately slow down. Speak a little more slowly than you want to. Or instead of thinking of all the things you have to do next, focus your mind on what you're doing now. Consciously slowing down lets your thinking brain catch up with your feeling brain, which lets your whole brain work on resolving the conflict. To learn more, check out our book, Unworried, A Life Without Anxiety, or visit catholiccounselors.com. Welcome back, folks. You are listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today on More to Life, our show is titled Unnecessary Roughness, as we talk about those conversations you want to throw a flag on, because they are just not a whole lot of fun, right? So if you're dealing with conflict with somebody that you care about or is important to you for whatever reason, if there's a particular topic that always ignites a spark, 
between you and that person. Or maybe if it's gotten to the point where almost every conversation is tough to have with that person, we want to help you navigate the tension, take down the emotional temperature, and move toward mutually agreeable solutions. Sound too good to be true? Well, challenge us a little bit. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Brenda, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Louisiana. Hey there, Brenda. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Good morning. Um, I'm, I, I have a sister who's um, older than I am, and I love her very much. But we have a lot of conflicts that have gone back for many years, so we can't get through all of this. But um, I, I just wanted some feedback because she wants us to talk or had been wanting us to talk every day. And if we didn't talk every day, it was because we didn't care for one another. Hmm. And she would even count the phone calls. Like, um, if I called one day and she called the following and I didn't call back the subsequent day, then she wouldn't call me. Um, so it was all kind yeah. of a test, huh? Like, do it's, you it's love me? Test. Yeah, yeah. And um, I feel like I'm being controlled. Well, that's because you are. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a good reason. You are. You know, no, right. it, it is controlling. Okay. You know, and, you know, so she's taking her anxiety about relationships and, and kind of making her issues your problem instead of owning that and working through it so so what are you asking you're asking is it okay for you to not talk to her every day or what should you say to her like what how can we help you today well we're gonna go we're gonna start counseling next monday but oh wow Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. um but then at one point we were gonna do it and then she got angry with me and texted me and said i'm not gonna do it you can cancel the appointment and i said i'm not gonna cancel it because i'm going anyway Good for and you. And she came back and said, oh, well, I'll go then. But yeah, um, go. I, I know uh, she brings back stuff from years ago, and a lot of it doesn't con- concern me, mm-hmm. but the tone of her voice is like uh, accusing me. Oh, and then and, I mean, when we get into an argument or she gets with any, an argument with any person, she texts back, you know, ugly stuff, hurtful stuff. And you said she texts her, hurtful things? Is that what you said? Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Like, well, I'm glad you're getting some counseling for this. I mean, you know, that, 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 that's good. I'm, I'm, and I'm glad that you refused to cancel the appointment when she, when she started to get kind of passive-aggressive and say she was you know, kind of being in a huff there. I mean, I don't know how helpful this is, but, but based on what you're describing, she sounds like she might be dealing with a borderline personality. You know, a borderline personality is, you know, somebody who's like, I hate you, don't leave me, right? It's sort of their um, MO. Um, and the reason I share that, you know, is not is not that you should tell her that or that you should think of her as anything less than a, you know, a, a beloved daughter of God, um, but to help you understand where she's coming from. Because if I'm right, um, then then you can't fix this, right? You can manage it and you can even have a relationship with her, but it's, it's, it's going to be a difficult relationship. It's going to be a little more where you have to set the parameters of what the relationship's going to look like. See, because in a normal relationship, you take somebody's displeasure as a sign that there's something wrong, which then makes you jump through hoops to fix it. And, and, and you know, often, and if that's a healthy relationship, then that's okay, right? Because if my wife's upset with me, I, I should do something to try to make that right. 
but with a person with border, with borderline tendencies at least right then what happens is they they cause drama to see if you still love them as right. I said, it's it's a test. It's that constant need for reassurance that comes in the form of a, te- and a you, test. And you can't reassure them enough, right? You know, so whenever they're feeling having a bad day, they, they, they start lashing out because they want to see who's going to come around and help them. When they're having a good day, um, they, 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 you know, they, they kind of glom on to people and, and, and try to suck all their energy and, and talk about that. It, it's, it's never enough, right? And, and so you, you have to recognize that you're not going to be able to fill this void, probably. That the best you can do is say, you know, I love you and I want to be here for you. You know, here I can't talk to you every day, unfortunately, because I have these other obligations. But I can text you every day and just say, hey, I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. How'd that go? You know, um, and and she'll get mad about that. And you know, she'll say, well, then fine, I'm not going to whatever. But then you go ahead and text her anyway the next day and say, hey, I hope you're feeling better. And chances are she will be in a different place because the, with with a, a person with borderline tendencies, whether she has the full diagnosis or not, is a little bit like a toddler. You know, they feel everything they feel one second and they feel everything else they feel in another second, and it's a totally different thing. So don't take any of it too seriously. Be sensitive, be empathic, but try to stay firm and calm and stable so that, you know, like I said, if you, if you text her and she gets mad, well, you didn't call me today, so I hate you, and I don't, I'm never going to talk to you again. You know, I'm really sorry you're having such a hard day. I love you very much. Don't respond to what she says. Just support and encourage. The next day, text her or call her again, you know, and just, just keep the relationship stable and constant. Um, same thing if she's saying things in, a, in an accusatory way toward you. You, know, you don't have to try to guess what it is that she was looking for. Ask her. Say, you know, I can hear how upset you are about this. I'm just not sure what you're asking me for. You know, are you asking me for support or encouragement? Are you trying to figure out solutions to this? Help me understand, you know, well, it's like what Jacob was talking about in his segment. Help me understand what, you, what you're hoping to get out of this conversation or how I, how I could help you. Right. Don't respond to what she's saying. Empathize with the emotions, but then redirect her back to solutions. What is it that you're asking for here? Help me understand. Now, it's it's very important for you to be able to take that emotional step back and not get sucked into not only the words she's using with you, but the energy that she's putting out that says, you know, you've got to engage in this with me. She's very good, obviously, at drawing you in and elevating your emotional temperature. So I think one of the things you really want to be working on with the therapist that you're both going to, and you may want to have one or two sessions on your own or send the idea in an email is talking to that therapist about how do I not get sucked in emotionally? How do I keep my emotional temperature low enough so that I can, you know, do the kinds of things that Greg is saying here and be able to keep that emotional um, distance that protects you from getting sucked into the vortex of her emotional heightened state you know but but when you go to counseling be honest with the therapist okay you know let it let that let the counselor know look you know i i love my sister very much and i want to be able to do the things that she needs from me but i also have other things that i need to do and we need to work out how i can give her as much as i can and how she can accept what i can give her as enough and, and sort of leave it at that, so so that you know you're not getting all twisted up in all the the, the thirty thousand years of history that your sister wants to try to bring up and work through. Because honestly, you know the the desire to be engaged on a daily basis with your sister 
is fine, but that usually can come in the ter- form of texting and saying, hey, how you doing today? Everything okay there? And they say, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you say, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And then you've taken maybe a minute to 10 minutes during your day to just text each other and make sure you're alive and well. And then you move on and you set maybe a once a week phone call for the real sisterly stuff. But this is being taken, you know, to a whole new level with the you have to call me every day. And if you don't, I'm keeping track. And it says you don't yeah. love me. That's, that's, so. that's, that's, that's not a normal yeah. response. You know, I mean, yeah. if you talk to each if, if, if there's somebody you talk to every day, it's because you both want to talk to each other. You know, and you love and each you other enough to check in. And, and that's you have all. time for yeah, it. And right? that's but, it. But if you don't, then most people understand that. This is, a, this, like I said, there's, there's some very strong borderline tendencies here, if not the full-blown personality disorder. All right, Brenda, thank you so much for the call. I hope that these suggestions will get you started. Good for you for, for going into counseling with her. I hope that that is uh, successful for you. But I really want to give Brenda real credit for something she did that we talk about here a lot. And I'll, some of our listeners who have heard us say it have now seen the proof. When somebody says, I'm not going into counseling with you for whatever reason, and you say, well, I'm going anyway, often one or two things will happen. You'll go into counseling and get brand new skills on how to work inside the relationship in a healthier way that's effective to make change. Or two, they're going to do exactly what Brenda's sister said. Well, then I'll come anyway. You don't relent and throw up your hands and say, oh, well, well, then what's the point? If you're not going, I won't go. And then we'll just fight for the next 400 years of our lives. Either way, stick to your guns the changes will come somehow. Thanks again for the call, Brenda. And again, I hope these suggestions were helpful for you. If there's more we can do for you, don't hesitate to check out the resources we have at catholiccounselors.com, including the book, God Help Me, These People Are Driving Me Nuts, Making Peace with Difficult People. As we head out to our break, it's time for our scripture of the day, which comes to us from James chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Amen. But again, you know, hard to do. Good, good wisdom. You know, being quick to hear and slow to speak. It's it's that's something that we can easily check ourselves on, but it can be challenging. Well, and not just challenging for ourselves personally, but often people don't want you to take that pause to respond. They're like, "Didn't you hear me? Give me your answer." You know, there's that push to like be very quick and responsive and if you don't they get angrier and elevate things so very difficult scripture to be even allowed to do so if you're struggling with that or anything related to conflict in your relationships let's talk it out together at 877-573-7825 again that's 877-573-7825 more to life will continue with your calls about dealing with conflict in your relationships on the other side of the break stick around Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Finding good health care, encouragement for healthier living, or solid spiritual direction can be frustrating. That's why the Catholic healthcare alternative, CMF Curo, is offering a health sharing option. Curo's Christ centered wellness services include Catholic wellness coaching, spiritual direction, and a Catholic community supporting your health and wellness needs. Visit cmfcuro.com to learn more. That's cmfcuro.com, where you can experience Christ's healing love in your health and wellness. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. The AP is now saying that news people cannot refer to pregnancy resource centers as pregnancy resource centers or crisis pregnancy centers. They have to refer to them as anti-abortion centers. 
because we're misleading the public by saying that they're offering resources, apparently. It is about consistently putting forth a culture of death, do anything you want sexually, being extremely woke every time you turn around. This is more proof that all they care about is their own agenda. And they're doing this to their own demise. If you look at the ratings, for example, of CNN, if you look at the subscription rates, right, of various newspapers, whether it's online or still hard copy in, in print, continuing to decrease. And yet they do not care because it's about the agenda. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Do you remember writing your Christmas wish list as a child? In developing countries like Haiti and Guatemala, children don't make Christmas lists, and they don't expect Christmas gifts. All their parents earn must go to food, shelter, and water. Can you picture the joy of surprising a child with their first Christmas gift? Send them a box of joy at boxofjoy.org. A rosary and the story of Jesus is included in every box of joy. Give today at boxofjoy.org. Want more tips for living a more joyful, abundant life through the gift of the theology of the body? Well, and follow us on Facebook at More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa, and on Twitter and Instagram at Catholic Counselors. We'll see you there. Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today on More to Life, the show is titled Unnecessary Roughness, as we talk about the ways that conflict gets the best of our conversations. If you're looking for ways to take down the temperature and find mutually satisfying solutions, give us a call at 877-573-7825. Let's talk to our next caller who's listening to EWTN Radio in California. Hello there, listener. Welcome to More to Life. What can we do for you? Thank you so much for having me. And um, mm-hmm. my question isn't so much about conflict as much as it is about um, communication in general. Um, mm-hmm. So um, oftentimes, I'll, when I'm talking with someone, um, I'll put my foot in my mouth. And um, now, is this someone in particular, or just people in general? Uh, people in general. Okay. Um, but I'll be trying to say something, and um, often it comes out as sounding like I'm implying something else than what I'm actually trying to say, mm-hmm. or that I'm possibly even being dishonest. Mm. Um, I've tried thinking Could more you give me an example of that? Like when you say that possibly being dishonest, I'm not sure what that means. Yeah. Um, well, trying to think of an example. Um I guess just in how I, I guess will fumble my words. Um, mm-hmm. I guess it seems like people perceive that as me like cooking up a lie, and um, that's not the case. It's just I have a hard time communicating. Like when I'm really trying to think about what I'm saying, that just happens sometimes. And mm-hmm. I guess. Well, I mean, honestly, what you're describing is pretty normal. I mean, you know, m- most of us. Um, you know, most of what comes out of our mouth is a first draft, right? When you're, when you're, you know, communicating actually stops when people understand what you're saying, right? Because that, that, that you know, we, we have, because your communication is all about working through the confusion. And when you agree, then it's like, oh, well, okay, now we'll move on to a different topic, you know, or, or the conversation is done. Um, and so communication is all about kind of saying the wrong thing at first and then getting the opportunity to clarify that and going back and forth until you see eye to eye. So um, the reason I'm saying that is because 
I'm going to give you a suggestion, but depending on whether the other person is a healthy person or not, it, it may or may not work. Uh, because when when you're talking to a healthy person, they give you the space to clarify. So you know, if 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 I'm talking with somebody and I say something that 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 let's say rubs them the wrong way, I could step back and say, hey, well, you know what? I'm really sorry. Uh, I, you seem to have you know taken something entirely different from what i meant what did you hear me say right so asking that question wait a minute i mean you're giving me a different response than i really expected what did you hear me say gives them a chance to say well greg yeah i heard you say that i was a jerk (laughs) at which point i could say no my gosh no that's not what i meant at all what i was trying to say was thus and such now if they're a healthy person they're going to say, oh, okay, well, thank you. That makes a lot more sense. I appreciate that. If they're an unhealthy person and say, no, you're not, you really do think I'm a jerk. You were, now you're just trying to backtrack and you're just trying to, you know, you're lying. And they to me double now. down and yeah, start attacking it, in some way. Because they're not really interested in hearing what I really meant. They're interested in, in winning an argument or, you know, creating an argument that they can win so they can feel superior over me. And that's not a healthy interaction, right? So based on the response you get to that suggestion, of having them reflect back to you what they heard you say, that'll let you know whether this is a relationship that's worth pursuing or not, and whether it's a friendship or a family member or whatever. Because if if you're dealing with somebody who's always looking for a fight, they're not really having an honest conversation with you. They're having um, a converse, basically a verbally abusive conversation where they can consistently set up situations where they can feel superior to you, uh, and they and they you know they try to intimidate you as a way of of. Uh, well, as I said, of making of making themselves feel superior. So, so my hope is that by you know, letting them reflect back to you what they heard you say, and then giving you a chance to clarify that, you'll be able to get through this. But I don't want you to feel worried about putting your foot in your mouth because everybody does that. Like I said, like I said at the beginning, you know, that is what conversation and communication is all about. Conversations stop when we finally understand what we're trying to say. Conversation is all about working out all the things we said wrong in the first place. Uh, and in and, and healthy relationships, we give each other the space we need to figure out you know, what it was we were really trying to say to each other. So that technique of, hey, you know, you're not really giving me the response I was expecting. What did you hear me say? Gives them a chance to you know, tell you what the meaning is they got from your words and helps you kind of clarify that then. Um, if, if you try that out and it's not working, give us a call back. We'll talk about what to do next. But that should get you going. Thanks so much for the call. 877-573-7825. Give us a holler right now, and we'll help you talk through the conflicts that are complicating your relationships. Let's talk with our next caller who's listening to EWTN Radio in Alaska. Hello there, listener in Alaska. Welcome to More to Life. What's up? Hi. Good morning. Thank you so much for your ministry. Thank um, you. What's up? I would up? like to know how to move on after being cut off. Mm. emotionally and, and everything from your family. So, that is so, so your, your whole family cut you off, or is there one person in particular, or what do you mean? I would say the whole family, yes. Mm. So this is kind of a, a family generational pattern that has gone come down, and um, yes, oh my gosh, you could do like a whole series on this. So but let me ask you, what, when you say you're having a hard time moving on, what, what, I mean, obviously it's painful when your family cuts you off, but, but, but what, what in particular is making it hard for you to just say, you know what, um, I love my family, but they're really unhealthy, and this is a really unhealthy thing that they did, and, and I need to get my support someplace else? Um, wow, putting it that way makes it sound a little bit easier. Good! <laughs> 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 uh, the, the struggle is still trying to be a good um, daughter, sister, um, the family member, niece, 
um, sure, I get it during the well, holidays, and you know now that the the you know the older generation is getting older, and, mm-hmm. and just you know I'm trying to be supportive, and I I am praying, um, but just sometimes I, I wonder should I be doing more? Um, well, did those older people like, yeah. cut you off as well? Oh yeah. Okay, so everybody's yeah. kind of done. so look. Being a good Christian person does not mean that it's your job to fix all the problems by yourself. Because if that was true, then Jesus was a terrible Christian, mm-hmm. right? Because he didn't fix all the relationship problems in his life, right? People rejected him. People, uh, well, they crucified him. Uh, you know, and and if and if being a Christian meant that we could solve all of our problems on our own power, then that well, first of all, that would be amazing, and second of all, though, that would be we would be more powerful than God Himself. Uh, and I'm not trying to be flip here. I mean, I, it's it's incredibly painful when your family treats you the way your family is treating you. But you know, being a good daughter doesn't mean that it's your job to fix everything. It, it, what it means is you are leaving the door open f- to fix things when they are amenable to it. So continuing to pray for them, letting them know that, hey, you know, um, whenever you guys are ready to do X, Y, or Z, I am absolutely ready to work on this stuff with you. But until then, I'm going to go over here and do my own thing. It goes back to what I was saying at first. You know, you, you're when you're raised in a family like this, you develop, um, to some degree at least, what's called an anxious attachment style, which means that you have a tendency to blame yourself even when you shouldn't. Right. So, you know, people treat you poorly. And instead of saying, wow, something's up with that person, I need to, you know, maybe set some boundaries there. The anxiously attached person says, oh, gosh, that's a hoop I have to jump through to get them to to get them to see that I am worth loving. Uh, Maybe I should try this or say this or push that button or or twist myself into these knots. Now, again, I'm not saying that if, you know, in a healthy relationship, obviously, there's going to be we step on each other's toes and you have to try to do something to make up for it. But in a healthy relationship, when you try to do that, your effort is at least acknowledged right and and appreciate it and even if it's the wrong thing to say or do the other person's like you know look i see you're trying here let's work on it that's not what's happening with your family your family just puts up another hoop right or slaps down your efforts to 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 try to reach out to them and that is unhealthy and so it's okay for you to say you know i i love them very much but they're really broken and they're really hurting um, and they're just not healthy for me to be with, so I, I have to go get my support from someplace else. If at some point they want to have a healthier relationship with me, here are some of the things I'd need to see from them. Now, I have to say that because there's more of them than there is of just you, you can automatically be telling yourself, well, then I must be the one that's wrong because they're a whole collective of people. But there can be very much a group think, a group brokenness that keeps them as a group from really being able to love well. And you really are allowed to say, I'm going to go over here and get my support and my love from other people besides these people I happen to have been born into. Uh, well, an example of that is, you know, if it's an alcoholic or abusive family in some it's way, very good you know, there, in both of those examples, you're not allowed to talk about the problem. And anybody who talks about the problem is breaking the family trust. And it doesn't even have to be addiction. It can be anything. Right. But but if they're, you know, when you're raised in that kind of an environment, then suddenly everybody has lied against you because you are now, you know, breaking the, the family code of talking about stuff. That's just one example. But again, I'm not saying you have to cut them out of your life. I'm saying you continue to pray for them. You continue to be open to reconciliation, but you're clear in your own head what you'd need to see from them in order to know that it was safe to reconcile. And in the meantime, you say, I love them very much. I'm really sad that they're hurting and broken that way, but they're too hurting and broken to give me the support that I need, so I'm going to go have to go find it someplace else. We talk more about this in God Help Me. These people are driving me nuts, making peace with difficult people. 
Also in my book, Unworried, A Life Without Anxiety, in the chapters on how relationships can contribute to anxiety and anxious attachment. You can pick up both of those at catholiccounselors.com or wherever books are sold. Thanks for tuning in and have a blessed day, folks. You've been listening to More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popchek. More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Dan McGraw. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net.